Hey, Growth Solvers, how's it going? Welcome back. I hope that you've been having an awesome week and you're about to have even more awesome week. If it's not awesome so far, no worries. I'm so glad that you're here because we've got some really juicy things today. And today is something really, really cool because we're sharing the story of how somebody went to study brain chemistry and color psychology and combine the two (laughs) into what she does. And she now has this business. Her name is Menas Khan of Menas Khan Studio. And she is on a mission to change people's lives using, wait for it, (laughs) that's right, the way people use and see colors, which is super cool. I never, I didn't even know that this was a thing. She now helps people purposely take ownership of their own well-being, health, and happiness. And she shared with us how what she's working on and what she does actually create these big impact in her life in small but meaningful ways. And the way that she's doing this is by having these life-changing ways that even you can combine two different passions into one and earn a living while doing it, right? And also she's sharing small ways that you can always control your own brain chemistry and get big results in your life and work. And also the alchemy of sleeping better and working smarter, but not harder. We're going to talk about all of these things. That way, when you're done with this episode, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that this thing is a thing. Like I can do certain things about this, which is super cool. So before we dive in, Grow Solvers, hit that subscribe and follow button. Let's get growing. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Amazing. I'm excited to sit down and chat with you, mostly because we have a shared experience, and that is to come to the beautiful United States of America, all the way from another part of the world, in your case, Pakistan. And you mentioned that you were well into your late teens when you did this. Can you share with the audience a little bit about that experience and maybe what brought you to the U.S. and how that experience changed your life? Yeah, of course. So um, higher education. So I came to do my master's. I had just graduated, um, done my bachelor's degree, which is undergrad in the U.S., and I had come to do grad school. So that's that that's what brought me to the U.S. And were you uh, particularly trying to study a particular subject, or what was that? Uh, what was the impetus to come to the yes. U.S.? So it's very interesting. It has nothing to do with what I do today. Um, I did my bachelor's in computer science, and I came to do an MS degree in computer science. So yeah. Okay, this is this is so interesting because not a lot of people are both left brain and right brain, which you clearly are. Uh, you, you, you clearly are. And it's, it's such a gift because I, I find that most people that I know who are creative are 
largely creative, right? And people who are veering more into the science and the mathematical aspect of the brain, that's their focus. And not enough people, I think, have that Venn diagram intersection, which you happen to be. So what was the, because you studied computer science, when was that when did you transition into being interested in design or maybe that's something that you've always been interested in and, uh, and you came to that realization? How did that happen? Yeah. So number one, thank you so much for the compliments. This is the best compliment I always ever get. And it makes me so happy. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say I was always interested in design or colors or art painting Um and I did that as a kid, but honestly, and I'm sure a lot of Asians, and you will be able to relate to this, the society that I grew up in, all the smart kids, they went to med school, the smartest, were always in med school. Yeah. And then um, uh, the next one were engineers, and then we had MBAs, and anybody, especially women who were not smart, they went to study art. So growing up, all I knew was that I'm a smart kid and I did not even think about having a career in art and your design or passion or something related to it. So it's not that I regret any of that. Um, If I, you know, that was a natural to me, computer science. In a way, I could say it was because my father was in the field, my uncles were in the field, so it's kind of in my blood also. But if I did that so well, then this comes easy to me. So, um... So I always I was always a science student and specifically a computer science student pre-engineering and then I did my BS in computer science and I did an MS in computer science and then I ha- I did an MBA degree also and after all of these masters uh, so when I was doing my MBA I had two kids and then I decided to stay home the kids were younger. And uh, my husband is a physician, so his work is, is very different, very off schedule, and the uh, lifestyle is very different. So I decided to stay home because, uh, like I was saying, my husband was not usually available at home. And during this time, my plan was when my youngest turns three, then I'm going to go back to work. So when that time came, um, there was a big gap in my career, and I was like, I have to start again from the beginning. Should I do that? Or... I was just thinking about it. And then one day um, I went to a painting class with a friend and that's when I realized this is what I always wanted to do. And since I'm going to go back and have a career, which is going to be all the way from the beginning. So why not do this? What I was passionate about. So I started painting again. And uh, uh, like you said about the left brain and the right brain. So I had a very strategic process for painting. It, it was very different from what usually artists do. And it's, it, it has nothing to do with um, intuition, and I needed to know what I'm going to create. So I always had to see my end result, more like the business stuff. I need to know my end result before I start creating. And anytime I try to paint by intuition, I never, never could achieve a good result. So that led me into, I was very curious about colors and more about finding there is something behind colors and then doing more research and um, that's how I got into color psychology. I came across color psychology. I did a course on color psychology to understand what's the research behind it, how much it's proven, how it impacts the brain. So now my main focus is enhancing. I help people enhance the psychology of their space uh, by understanding that your environment impacts the way you behave and your habits and how can you use colors 
to create positive environments to uh, enhance your well-being, health, and happiness. So that was a long story. <laughs> I love this this story mostly because I hugely and as you mentioned I hugely appreciate the almost like that leap forward that you did right when you decided that you wanted to pursue art and I think a lot of people underestimate the almost some uh, in some ways the difficulty in transitioning into that space right because you are already getting your MS and, you know, all of these credentials for a specific field, and then you're suddenly transitioning. Now, I actually, because I know my family and my culture, I'm not sure if this is your culture as well, but was there resistance from the family or friends? Because they're like, hey, Menas, you've been doing all of this. Um, or was it all 100% support? Yeah, there was there was never any resistance, zero resistance. I think the only resistance I would be the one creating because I've spent so many years of education and of course the cost and the time. Um, there was no resistance, and I think there would have never been a resistance if, in you know, when I was growing up, I would have decided to go for art. My parents would have been hundred percent with that. I just didn't. It wasn't my parents saying that you shouldn't study it. It's just that that's what I unconsciously was picking up from the society that like I'm a smart kid if I study art nobody's gonna think I'm smart so that was just naturally came to me nobody ever said that to me like you have to study science or you're not good at this so um yeah we had no resistance and what I love the most actually with what about what you just said is that you are recognizes you're recognizing that the resistance mostly probably comes from you, right? Uh And I actually want to pause here for a second and highlight and underline this because a lot of times when people are thinking about next steps forward in their business, right? For the audience who's listening, who's thinking about their business and they're like, well, I'm not sure about that, what people will say about it. And, uh, and actually a lot of that resistance is happening in our mindset, in our head. So I love that you're recognizing this and that you're embracing your, your interest in color psychology, which is absolutely, absolutely amazing. And can you speak a little bit more on, because I'm not, in that space and I'm not a designer and I I have heard and understood that yes color does impact maybe not even just mental health but just brain chemistry and how it impacts our emotions what is what have you learned in the time that you study color psychology that's like kind of the number one thing that maybe surprises you about color psychology Oh, okay, so this is what surprises me. Most people believe that color is decor, it's aesthetic, and that's it, period. And it's just something, it's beautiful. It, it beautifies your spaces or anything. Um, where in reality, color has a whole scientific existence and it has a psychological impact. But I do want to mention this. Um, it's not about the uh, mood. We're not creating mood in a space or the, just the calming atmosphere. Um, we're going really deep with color psychology and we're talking about behavior. So mood or is a very surface level or the word ambient is a very surface level um, feeling. Whereas we never see anybody's mood. You, I can't tell what mood you are in and listen until I see your behavior. So behaviors is our main focus. When you're living in a space, what sort of behaviors do you want to exhibit? And your behaviors tell us about your mood. So, um, being intentional about color choices, being very mindful. So um, 
a lot of the times the colors I recommend, that's not what people are expecting. And that's true because I'm not talking about what's trending. I'm not talking about the color of the year or what's in the magazines or seasonal colors. Um, my recommendations come from a very um, scientific experience. What you tell me, the kind of behaviors you want to exhibit in your space, so we'll match colors to do that. So in my own life, um, you know, I'm a mom of three. And when, when you're young, your kids are growing up, you go through so much, just all, all these crazy mom feelings you have, like, I'm not good. And I'm always anxious. And I'm always doing things. And I'm a stay at home mom also. And then after studying so much, having uh, two master's degrees, and you're staying home, so you feel like I'm not worthy. And I should have been in a career and so many things going on. So what I learned where my interest developed was uh, from the third part of the law of attraction, that when your environment is not in alignment with your subconscious mind, the shift doesn't happen. And being intentional with my color choices helped me change that. So it changed the way um, how I feel, how I behave, how I, um, my relationship with my spouse, with my children, the interaction. And that is like you just mentioned that I was mindful about the resistance that's coming from me. So I'm very mindful about things around me, not just in like, what am I feeding my kids? Am I giving them organic food? But what's happening in my environment? You don't need a lot of color or you don't need to make those wowing impacts. You just need to be intentional about a little bit. And it all goes back to how color triggers chemicals in our brain. And that just helps change the way you are in your space. And for me, it's like setting up your space and automation because you're constantly getting data from your space into your mind. So you set that up on the, uh, automation to make you feel a certain way. So you are in control of how you want to feel, think, behave in that particular space, your home, your bedroom, whatever space it is. So this is really great because the parts that I really love, and let's, let's unpack all of the wealth of information that you had just shared here in that the the top thing that i that actually stood out to me was that there is data coming back from the space back to our brain that impacts our behaviors right all of these things and and you kind of captioning it basically with hey yeah yes those spaces are the, just spaces, but more, more importantly, you are in control of it. And basically understanding that feedback loop or back and forth loop from us, from ourselves and into, uh, you know, what we want the space to be and what the space then, uh, how it reacts and how it actually acts upon our behavior, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? And I love kind of that organic, organic relationship almost with the space. And I don't think most people think of it that way, right? Most people are like, oh, I'm going to have the space do this. Or maybe the space just, it just sucks. It's just terrible. And so I don't want to work there, right? But you highlighting how it is absolutely important and it can totally change everything and you're in control of it, um, even if the, the space gives something else back is is absolutely i think this is great i think this is absolutely important and you mentioned uh you know before we start rolling how it is the color behavioral color psychology help you make you know maybe you were saying become a happier mom improve your relationship with your spouse right can you dive into maybe a specific example when it really does make you either happy your mom or the relationship that you have with your spouse. Like, was that, 
did you discover that when you're in at dinner or what were some kind of tangible examples of when that color behavior color psychology has changed your life? Yeah. So I think the biggest example is that um, being intentional. Let me start with my bedroom, being intentional. And I want to point this out right now, we're renting. So there isn't much that we can do, but it's the little things. And again, I'm intentional about them. I know why I have them. And of course, I educate my children and my spouse also on that. So whatever color clothes my children wear, they tell me you know, what's going to happen. Or if somebody is behaving a certain way, my eight-year-old is like, oh, he's wearing that color. That's why he's so angry because he has the wrong color. Making those changes in my bedroom, being able to sleep better. Once you're sleeping better, you know, it's a whole cycle. You're being more productive. You, you can do the things you never had the time to do. And the biggest example for me is that I have a business today with three kids. My kids are in remote learning. So I have a kindergartner. I'm teaching her too. My husband is a physician. So the pandemic was tough for us. He was never home. He's always working from outside. So being you, I was so productive that I was able to begin a business for me. That requires, and you know, you were in a business podcast, how much that requires from you. So before that, I was not even working and I know I didn't have any um, health issues, but I'm not sleeping well. I'm some, for some reason, I'm anxious and I'm feeling certain way. And I would go to the doctor and get myself tested and so many different sorts of tests, but there was nothing. And, uh, and I'm much older now, uh, but I feel way better. I'm doing more. I, I'm working. So with the family, the kids, um, and before that, I was not working. I was just taking care of my kids. But I do more today, but because my space is so intentional, everything is intentional and I know how it works. So, you know, it's constantly, like I said, it's sending a message to your brain and how your subconscious mind, we, I think that's what most people forget is that your environment is constantly sending those messages to your subconscious mind. And then you have your safety brain and you have your survival brain. So your safety brain is always picking up those tiny messages. And that is a huge reason why many people are anxious. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, we're not talking about illnesses like depression, but why you have anxiety from your environment. And sometimes that's all that you need to change. There's nothing wrong with your health. Uh, there's nothing wrong in your life. Absolutely. And I love that you were highlighting that change because when I think a lot of people feel they associate anxiety with just some of the more obvious things, right? And, uh, you know, jobs, maybe a demanding career, business, or maybe even relationship with whatever, you know, spouse, whoever, boss, client, whoever. And we put so little attention, I think, on, I think, people are starting to be a lot more aware that, yes, of course, food matters, sleep matters. But I think what I'm trying to bring more awareness of, and definitely you and other interior designers as well, is that, yeah, the colors matter, you know, the uh, everything that you kind of look at and see and, and inputs that you get, those matter as well. And I think we underestimate that, right? And, uh, and maybe even in the clothing that we wear, we don't really pay much attention to it. Sometimes we're like, oh, it's just, you know, piece of clothing. I just like how it looks with, with really little attention to, oh, how does it actually affect my behaviors? And how does it change my life and uh, and the people who are around us. And so I love that you're emphasizing this for sure. And I actually wanted to touch one second here on 
for the listeners who are listening, right, and they are at home, and I think a lot of people are starting to work from home a lot more and maybe even deciding or have already decided to work from home permanently for uh, an indefinite amount of time and, and are looking for solutions, right, on how to have that balance, how to have better relationships, how to work better, be more productive, sleep better, all those things. And, of course, they can work with you and we'll share a little bit more information about you and where they can learn uh, more about you. But for those of those audiences who are looking for, okay, how can I start changing my life today with color psychology? Where can they start with their, uh, with their space that they're living in? How, how can they maybe one, two or three things that, uh, what are some of those things that they can immediately uh, use or, or practice to, to basically use behavioral color psychology to improve their life? So I think the first thing is that most people that I come across are not aware of the significance of the environment and what role it plays. That is where you definitely want to start educating yourself on. Um, Just like you were mentioning that we put the blame on the job or the boss or the other person, what we forget is that our behavior, why didn't you get that job, is because of your behavior and your behavior was impacted automatically by your environment. And then going back to it, uh, motivation, we all know about motivation and willpower, uh, even your talent, your efforts, they work for a certain amount of time, but over time, your environment is going to overpower all of that. And uh, in business, you have this example, there are so many talented people but that doesn't mean they're all successful or people who work hard. It's a huge um, factor is their environment. And, you know, if you were on screen, I would show you a couple of yellows here. And it's like, why can't I tell you? You know, you need yellow in your life because every yellow has a different meaning. And we go through a personality test like a Myers-Briggs test and understanding your specific personality type and then matching human behavioral patterns with mathematical correlation of colors you know, going to Target every week and then you're buying a new thing and you're like, I need some change in my space. So oftentimes what happens is what you have in your space is not in alignment. So you're not able to figure out that it is that thing that's not in alignment and you feel like I just need change. You don't need change. It's just that those elements you're bringing because of the shape and the structure and the color of those elements, you have that restlessness. So being conscious, a little bit conscious about those things is, is going to make a huge difference. And like food, you know, you just mentioned that food, we're so particular about food because physically we see food going inside the body and that's why everybody's so particular on it. And we don't see the colors going inside our body. Whereas we're always, again, you know, the energy, the light reflected wavelength of light is always, always entering your body through your eyes more than the food enters your body. So it's always doing something. Okay, yeah. this is great because what I like is you highlighting essentially the the need to be conscious and to be constantly learning, a constant student of this concept of behavior uh, color psychology because I don't think a lot of people know about it and which is why obviously we want to shed more light into it, bring a little bit more understanding and and have people start changing their lives and change other people's lives with those amazing 
um, amazing things that you're you're doing and you're working uh, working with. So uh, be a little bit more conscious on on how colors impact what you do and learn about it. And are there any books that you would recommend for people who are interested in behavior color psychology and where they can start? It's quite different from interior design. It's not about what I like and what my style is, and I will come and do that in your space. It's about who you are, but who you are, yes, your space should reflect who you are, but how do you know that? And uh, this is why people have a huge uh, problem when they're like, my space looks cluttered because of all these mismatchy things. So when you go through the whole process, uh, everything is streamlined for a year. And as if there are designers listening, they know, and artists, they know that the colors have undertone and base colors, and that changes the meaning of uh, the psychological meaning of the color. Really good. And I love the, uh, your, when you're talking about overtones and undertones, uh, and, uh, and this is great. And I think for the audience who's listening, I think this is so important to, again, emphasize, because you do need to learn about these things. It's not just like, like Menes is saying, it's not just about, hey, yeah, color, you know, yellow makes us feel X, uh, red makes us feel Y. That's not at all how it is. So a little bit more layered, a little bit more nuanced, and uh, really important to get educated about this. The same as what you were saying with the food, right, habits, all of these things. It's, it's not just as black as, and white as we'd like it to be, and that's exactly why it's, it affects our behavior. Because if something is so profound and uh, can impact our behavior in such a way, then that's definitely worth studying. And to that point, Menas, believe it or not, we're coming to the conclusion of our conversation. Okay. So if you can please share with the good audience where they can learn more about you and we'll wrap up the interview. Um, the best place to connect is Instagram. My Instagram is Khan Studio. Amazing. Menas, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're solvers. Hit that subscribe and follow button. Let's get going. Mm-hmm.